Welcome everybody to the live stream here at Cuyahoga Valley Church. So glad that you're with us. If you're part of our church family, it's great to gather, even though we're everywhere right now. Many of you in your homes, most of you in your homes, uh, watching through your devices, we're together. We get to worship together. We get to celebrate uh, the Lord together. So we are here. And if you're a guest, we're grateful that you've logged in and you're sharing this time with us. We hope it's one of many times that you'll be with us here on our live stream. Now, I want to tell you about a few resources I want to make sure that you are aware of. Uh, so this is a reminder for some of you that call CVC home, but it's new information if you're new. Uh, I encourage you to go to our website, cvconline.org. There you will find additional resources, especially for children and youth, uh, for supplemental and additional connecting points here at CVC. And so if you go to our webpage right there, you'll see there's a coronavirus update link. Just click on that and it opens up all the different links that you can find for kids, youth, for if you need help or if someone you know needs help or you want to serve or find out more about a life group or how to give online. All of those links are there at our homepage at cvconline.org. So if you have children, there's some children specific uh, activities that they can be doing right now or right after after this live stream. For students, same thing. There's great information there and other uh, resources and interacting points throughout the week. You'll find it all there on our home page. Also, tonight, every Sunday night right now at 6.30, we're having live Q&A and interaction at our CBC Facebook page. So if you haven't liked our page already, go to our page and like it. And then see what we bring on Sunday nights. Now this Sunday night, tonight, uh, what we're going to have is Pastor Josh Stone, and he's going to have two guests on a panel, and those guests are going to be Dr. Walt Broadbent, a licensed clinical counselor and psychologist, and Dr. Minnie Strausser, a pediatrician and a medical doctor, and they're going to be talking about having healthy homes and healthy thinking and, and healthy activities during the quarantine. So good practical tips and advice uh, for healthy homes during the quarantine tonight. 6.30. You don't want to miss that. Now, those of you who call CBC home might be thinking, wait a second, you said you're going to be live streaming all the teaching, but it doesn't look like you're at the church. And that's correct. I'm actually in my house right now. And we had a little bit of a curveball thrown our direction this week. Uh, we're going to do the music live as you are experiencing. But right now the teaching is going to be recorded. So I'm just here hours before uh, you're watching this. And uh, the reason being is because my wife has actually had some of the symptoms of the virus. And she did a phone call with her doctor this uh, week. And they said, you know, it's very likely you can have the virus. So act like you do. So we are now in a quarantine in our home for 14 days, which is what, you know, they're asking us to do anyways. So we're trying to model and live by example what our government and our leaders are asking of us. So this, this teaching is going to be coming to you from the house, not live streaming. Now, we're going to be continuing through the book of Luke. And we're just really walking with Jesus and looking at his interactions with people and looking at his life and his ministry and drawing out applications for our life, even here and now during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be in verse 28 through 36 uh, today. And I'm going to ask a couple of my kids to help me out right now. So my daughter Isabel is going to come, and she's going to read the passage. So Izzy, why don't you come on over? This is my daughter, Isabel, and she's going to read the passage as you're looking at your Bible. She'll read the passage for us. And then my other daughter, Faith, is going to open us up in prayer. So Izzy, why don't you read that for us, honey? Now, about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. 
and as he was praying the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white and behold two men were talking with him moses and elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure and he was about to accomplish at jerusalem <clears throat> now peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep but when they became fully awake they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him and as they were parting from him peter said to jesus master it is good that we are here let us make three tents one for you one for moses and one for elijah not knowing what he had said as he was saying these things a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my son my chosen one listen to him and when the voice had spoken jesus was found alone and they had kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen thank you very much and faith why don't you come on over here kiddo and why don't you open us up in prayer right now okay Dear God, thank you for being a trustworthy father and for providing for our needs. Please help us to be brave. And even though we are all quarantined, we can still make a big difference in people's lives at this point. Please help us to choose faith over fear. Amen. Amen. Thanks, honey. Blessed to have two beautiful daughters and uh, a benefit and advantage to being in the home right now teaching as, as they get to participate. So we're all trying to make the best of the mess. I had a friend say that to me a couple weeks ago. We're trying to make the best of the mess. Well, that is definitely making the best of the mess that we're all in as we quarantine in our homes. Well, I want to look a little closer at the passage that we just uh, went through. This is a moment called the transfiguration of Jesus. It's taking place about three years into his ministry. And it's one of the most powerful moments we see on the pages of scripture. The transfiguration, transfiguration meaning to change shape or appearance, uh, is really Jesus giving a sneak peek, a glimpse of his true divine glory, of his true nature. And he pulled James and John and Peter, three of his closest apostles, up on a mountain and had them experience this moment with him. So I want you to imagine if you were Peter, I want you to imagine if you were James or John and you were here in this moment, what would that do to your faith? What would that do to how you would see Jesus? Well, absolutely what it would do is it would help you see the greatness and the glory of Jesus in such a way that your faith in him would be strengthened above all else. And I think right now that's the moment we're in. A lot of you are worried. A lot of you are anxious. A lot of you are frustrated. You're bored. Um, what we need to do is have moments in our day and our week where we are experiencing the glory of Christ, the greatness of Christ, and be re being reminded of who he is and what he's done. And that will strengthen our faith in him above all else. And that's really uh, how I want to frame in our time today, that we need to see the glory and greatness of Jesus that will strengthen our faith in him above all else. So let's look at this passage again. At the Transfiguration. Now it says about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on a mountain to pray. I want to just talk about that. If you were to back up and look at all the verses leading into this section of scripture, what was he saying? Well, he was saying some very difficult things. Uh, prior to this, it's the first time he told the disciples, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be killed. And then I'm going to rise from the grave. Uh, they just didn't have a file folder 
for this information. They were very uh, concerned about this. And then several other difficult teachings, like Pastor Joe Valenti taught about last week, that Jesus said, you must uh, bear your own cross if you want to follow me. You must deny yourself. These are difficult teachings. And so I think that all the apostles, including Peter, James, and John, were trying to digest all this information and probably trying to reject it. Uh, we don't want Jesus to die. We don't, we don't want to go to Jerusalem if this is what is going to happen there. And so Jesus then reinforces their faith in him by letting him see his glory, by letting him see his greatness. Now, he takes him on a mountain to pray. I think this is a great reminder that one of the best things we can do, not just now with COVID-19, but all the time, but especially now when there's so much going on in this world, is to pray. This is a great time for our own personal prayer life to draw close to the Lord. It's a great time through phone calls, FaceTime, Zoom, or whatever platform you're using to pray with other people. If you get a chance to pray with your neighbors and your coworkers and other people that uh, you hope come to know the Lord, prayer is a huge way that we can really reflect the glory of Christ right now. And so Jesus valued prayer. He valued connecting with uh, the Father, God the Father, having communion with God the Son. And this was very valuable. And Jesus um, knew the significance of prayer. So here he is on a mountainside praying. Now, a lot of people are curious, what mountain? If you were to go to Israel and travel and tour like we do every couple years, you see a lot of mountains. Well, that's just a little interesting trivia. The two main prospects, one is Mount Tabor, which is in southern Galilee region outside of the Jezreel Valley. And then another is Mount Hermon uh, in the northern part of Israel. Uh, personally, I lean toward Hermon. It's 9,300 feet. It's towering. It says that Jesus went up on the mountain. Well, uh, Hermon is the mountain of all mountains. So right now you can Google, even if we're talking, you can Google Mount Hermon. Um, you can Google Mount Tabor, T-A-B-O-R, and, and look at those mountains and say, maybe on one of these mountains, this is the moment um, that happened there. But anyways, it's not so important what, um, where it happened, but what happened. And what happened next is we see this transfiguration of Christ. And so look again at verse 29. It says that as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And so we see several things here. We see Jesus starting to really reveal his nature. Now, if you go into the Old Testament and you go into the book of Exodus, you see Moses up on the mountain getting the law from God. And while he's there, the, the, the cloud of God's presence covers that mountain. And because he's in the presence of some sort of revealing of God, there is a, a, a brightness that he's exposed to that makes him shine. But this is not that same type of brightness. This is coming from within. So this is Jesus not shining because something outside has illuminated him. It's his nature coming from the inside and it's coming from inside out. And so he's becoming transfigured right there. And then two heroes of the Old Testament faith, Moses and Elijah, appear with him. And so here's two men that had uh, really interesting deaths. Uh, no one really saw Moses die. There's a little bit of a mystery about where he was and what he was doing and how that all took place. And then Elijah, if you look in 2 Kings, was actually taken miraculously to heaven. And so here they are appearing in glory, which is some sort of eternal state. So obviously they looked different, but yet recognizable in some way, shape, and form. And Jesus is with Moses, and Jesus is 
is with Elijah. Now let's look at Moses. Here we have a man that God used to free the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt, and that he gave the law to. And so Moses is a representation of the law. But we also see Elijah, who is one of the great prophets of God, who spoke for God, and who uh, rescued um, a rebellious Israel from worshiping false gods. And so we see all this taking place with Jesus. Well, what's the point? Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Elijah. In fact, we see in Matthew, Jesus says that he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And here we have in this very moment, Jesus with the representative of the law, Jesus with the representative of the prophets, and it shows that he's greater. And what are they talking about? They're talking talking about his mission. We've been talking a lot about the search and rescue mission of Jesus to seek and save the lost. Well, they're talking about him going to Jerusalem and dying on the cross and raising from the grave and then ascending to heaven and returning back to his eternal glory. And so they're talking about this. What a great conversation. And, and for those of you who may be new to the Christian faith or you're exploring the Christian faith, this mission that Jesus is going on is on your behalf. It's because your relationship with God is fractured. It's because we all have sin and we choose to do the wrong thing. We think the wrong thing. And that sin is now a barrier between us and God. It's a barrier we cannot remove through good works. It's a barrier we cannot remove by going to church and doing spiritual activities. It's a barrier that only God can remove himself. And so Jesus going to the cross was a voluntary way to sacrifice himself for our sins. And he took all our sins with him on the cross and when he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin that we owed God. And now if we place our faith in the one who sacrificed himself, we have access to God. We have access to heaven. We have forgiveness of sins. It only comes through Christ. This is the mission that Moses and Elijah and Jesus were talking about. Now, what happens next is that uh, all this is taking place and Peter and James and John wake up. Why did they wake up? It's probably a lot like what I do with my son, my oldest son, Cruz. And when I want him to wake up, I go into his room, and some of you parents do this too, and I flip on his light. Now, I might give him a couple warnings first, right? Hey, it's time to get up, time to get up. But if he doesn't get up, I'm flipping on the light, and then that bright light just, you know, it's, it's blinding. All of us have been in a room when the light's turned on. It's unpleasant. Peter, James, and John are sleeping on a mountain, seems to be a pattern. Whenever these guys go on a mountain with Jesus to pray, they fall asleep. So they're sleeping, and all of a sudden they're awoke by this light. It's not an earthly light. This is not a light like, oh, I think the sun's up. This is brilliant beyond brilliant. It's a, it's a light that's supernatural, and it wakes them up. And they see Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah, and it blows their mind. Now Peter wants to capture the moment. Look again at what Peter does in uh, verse, see my Bible turned here, uh, look again at uh, verse 33. And as the men were parting from him, so we start to see Elijah and Moses moving away from Jesus somehow, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good that we're here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah not knowing what he was saying. And so he wants to capture the moment. He wants to commemorate this. He wants to hold on to it. He wants it to linger. And so his solution, I'm going to make three structures. So one for you, Jesus, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and then we can all hang out here and just live in this moment. This is going to be amazing. 
And that's not obviously what God's plan is. You know, it's so interesting right now with all that's gone on with COVID-19, one of the interesting conversations has been about church. And all of these churches like ours have had to close their buildings to gatherings. And a lot of people are struggling with that because what it reveals is that we see the church as a building. Just remember this. The church was never about a building. We use a building, but we're not a building. The church is the people of God. And so right now we're gathered. When you get together uh, in your life groups throughout the week on Zoom and Skype and all these other platforms, you're gathering. And so it's the people of God that are the church and we're still here and we use our buildings and we're grateful for our buildings, but we're not the building. And really this is kind of the mindset Peter has. I'm going to make a building. I'm going to make a structure and capture this moment. And, and that's not God's plan. He says there's a mission to fulfill. So we're not going to get stuck in a, in a building. You know, I think one of the blessings, one of the ways we're making the best of the mess is that right now I think Christians are being a little more proactive in engaging their neighbors, finding ways to serve. Uh, we're not hiding out in our houses. We're not avoiding contact. Uh, I've said that, you know, I'm a bigger fan of the term safe distancing than social distancing. We're not socially distancing ourselves. We're using our phones. We're using our computers. Uh, we're waving from across the street. We're trying to connect with people, honoring the distance that we're allowed to have, but not hiding or hibernating. And so this is one of the ways we see us moving out of that structure mindset. Use the structures, they're a benefit, but it's not who we really are. And so Peter wants to hold on to this moment. I, I used to go to a camp called Hume Lake in uh, the Sequoias in Central Valley, California. It's an amazing camp. I think a lot of my uh, greatest moments with God took place there. There was a lot of spiritual formation that took place at that camp. But here's the thing. I couldn't stay at that camp. Whenever I felt drawn close to God or I had a, a, a spiritual growth spurt at that camp, it was so that when I went off the mountain, I could use that to, to make a, a difference in this world, a difference in my life. If I stayed on the mountain, that would just go to, uh, it would have no use. It would go to no use. I think in the same way, a lot of us have had amazing moments, worship concerts, camps, retreats, uh, different, you know, spiritual growth um, supplements in our life. And we're very tempted to want to hold on to those. The problem is that's not sustainable. Those are great growth spurts, but they're really designed to get us out back into the missions field to make a difference with the Lord. And so we see all of this taking place. And then what we see taking place next is that a cloud comes on to the mountain. And it says then that Peter, James, and John were scared. I want to remind you who these men were. These were fishermen. They were rugged men. They'd seen storms. They've seen a lot of clouds in their life uh, around the region of Galilee. It wasn't because it was a cloud uh, that they experienced fear. There was something about this cloud. It was probably the glory of God, the presence of God that came in this cloud, just like the cloud that fell on the mountain when Moses got the Ten Commandments and the rest of the law, the cloud that led the people of Israel through the wilderness, this supernatural godly cloud enveloped the mountain. And there was something that was so powerful about that, that it caused fear in their life. And all of a sudden, when that cloud went away, who was left? Who's the only person they saw? Jesus. They no longer saw Moses. They no longer saw Elijah. They simply saw Jesus. And in that cloud, and as that was moving away, they heard the voice of God the Father saying about God the Son, this is my Son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to Him. I think right there is one of the, the biggest 
moments that we need to take away from this time that we're having together. Because even though it's not the glory of God, a lot of you feel like a cloud has enveloped your life, a cloud of fear, a cloud of worry, a cloud of anxiety, um, a cloud of boredom, (laughs) something. And right now it's hard to see Jesus maybe. It's hard to see. You have all these voices. Some voices saying uh, the virus is actually downtrending. Some voices saying the virus is uptrending. Voices saying do this. Voices saying do that. People are, are grasping for who to trust in or what to trust in, what voice to listen to. Let's, let's take a, a, a tip here from this moment. When all of that, all that cloud went away at one point, look, our circumstances and our experiences come and go. The coronavirus, it's going to come and go. It's going to leave. And so right now, as we're surrounded by the cloud, let's get our eyes focused on Christ. Because when we see the glory of Christ, when we see the greatness of Christ, it strengthens our faith in Him above all else. So right now, we're not putting our faith in a governor who's giving us great advice and guidelines. Uh, We're not putting our faith in our president who's trying to create systems and stimulus and all these other things to help us. We're putting our hope in our God. And our God has revealed himself through his son in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And so right now, I just encourage you, uh, let that cloud of whatever worry, anxiety, fear dissipate. Get your eyes on Christ. And then the father said about the son, listen to him. I hope that you're spending time in God's word on your own so that you can listen to the voice and teaching of Jesus. I pray that you're getting time of listening to the voice of Christ in your life groups and with other huddles, with other believers, even having spiritual conversations with those who don't believe. Right now, a lot of people, and this might be you, uh, they feel a spiritual tension. I got three texts last week from three people that um, don't know Christ yet, but they they engage me because I think they have a spiritual curiosity with how the world feels right now. I think it it, it kind of creates that spiritual curiosity of what do I really trust in? What do I really believe in? And also you feel the spiritual tension of all that's going on because who do you really trust in? Look, we need to see the glory and greatness of Jesus so that we can put our trust in him and no one else. If anything that we've learned from what's happened over the last few weeks is the things that we typically trust in can be so easily taken away. You want to trust in your stock market? You want to trust in your retirement account? You want to uh, trust in your job and your income? You want to trust in your health? You want to trust in your freedom? All those things can be so quickly taken away. But you know what? Jesus remains forever. And those who know him will remain forever in relationship. And so all of us are held accountable to place our faith in Jesus, whom God's revealed himself in. And so we place our faith in his death on the cross. We place our faith in his resurrection and we trust who he is. When the cloud dissipates, we have to see Jesus alone. And so at this moment in time, Jesus tells him not to say anything. (laughs) Uh, This account, if you read it in the other gospel, uh, gospel, Jesus says, don't tell anyone because if they went down the hill blabbering about this, people would try to, you know, instantly make Jesus a king. And, and they would try to advance the plan of the Lord, which wasn't going to happen. And so they held on to it until later when they saw all everything unfold. And so all that to say, right now, you need to see the glory and greatness of Jesus. And so that will strengthen your faith in him above all else. And for those of you who don't know Christ, I encourage you, 
spiritually explore. You know, we talked about praying. And, 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 and all of this moment took place by prayer being the catalyst. And, and maybe it's time for you to start to enter into a praying relationship with God. Maybe you don't know where to start. I want to give you a great resource. It's called Try Praying. There's a book. There's an app. There's a computer site you can go to. And it's Try Praying, T-R-Y-P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, trypraying.co. Dot uk trypraying.co.uk and it just invites you into seven days of prayer try it out catapult your prayer life start your prayer life through that and and, and what the world needs to see right now is praying people and so jesus started this moment uh, the, the glory that was seen of christ came online because he was praying it started with prayer and then his glory was seen when you and i pray and we start that prayer by, by the scriptures we're reading. We pray out of scripture. We start to see the glory of God. He's reflected through the pages of his word. We start to hear his voice and it draws us to his greatness and we can trust him. We can put our faith in him. So what does that mean for you right now? Well, here's a couple action steps I really would encourage you to consider. Uh, one, if, if you are feeling uh, a lot of fear right now and worry and apprehension, I would encourage you to craft a statement capturing what we've read and talked about today that can help you and then turn that statement into a prayer it can be something like this it can be jesus you are greater than my fear and worry i'm going to trust you or help me trust you write that down put it somewhere visible right now i mean you're you're kind of stuck at home most of the time and uh, let that be something you wake up to and see right away and then it's something you can pray uh, to start your day, throughout your day, and in your day. Also, as, as believers in Christ, this is a great reminder that the world needs to see the glory of Christ through his people. The church reflects the glory of Jesus. Uh, we're not going to see what Peter and James and John got you know, a glimpse of until we're with Christ face to face. But until then, the church glorifies Christ through our actions, through our attitudes, through the way we serve those in need right now. There are vulnerable, pe vulnerable people, there are scared people right now that need encouragement. And so let's glorify Christ and show off his greatness and the fact that we need to trust him by how we love and serve the vulnerable and the hurting. And if Jesus started off this moment of glory by prayer, I think one of the greatest ways you can live this out is to pray with someone. Now, as believers, we're used to praying with each other, but maybe take that extra step of courage in the next few days. Would you pray with someone who needs encouragement? Would you pray with someone who needs hope? Would you pray with someone who doesn't know Christ? And so we're not just going to talk about Jesus, but we actually get to take them to Jesus. We're going to take them to Jesus when we pray with them. And so pray with them, pray for the needs in their life, and, and we hope that they'll get a glimpse of the glory and greatness of Jesus as they trust him. So this is a great passage. Uh, there was earlier in a couple weeks um, prior to this, I thought, ah, I don't know if I need to teach through these sections of Luke, but I'm greatly encouraged by the transfiguration. I hope you are greatly encouraged by the transfiguration. It shows us who Jesus is. And when you see the greatness and the glory of Jesus, it strengthens your faith to trust him above all things. And that's exactly what we need right now. So if you would like to respond uh, to what you've heard today and you want to reach out to us, please uh, email us at connect at cvconline.org. That's connect at cvconline.org. And we'll get on the phone with you or if you want to set up a you know a Zoom call or whatever and have a spiritual conversation, want to know more uh, about a relationship with Jesus, we'd love to share that with you right now. Connect at cvconline.org. And uh, the rest of us, 
Let's continue to walk this season of life out. It's going to pass, but Jesus remains forever. Let's keep our eyes on him. And what we're going to do is we're going to close with one of my favorite songs. It's been a song that's encouraged many people for years. It's a little bit older song, but it's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And what I love about that song is when we turn our eyes to Jesus, all the other things that concern us, that, that tends to just fade into the background. And so we're going to declare that. But before we do, let's also prepare our hearts for a giving moment. Just a reminder that right now we want the church to be strong. And so there are missionaries, both nationally and globally, that we're supporting. Uh, we're helping local people that have needs right now. Uh, we're helping those who are having a hard time, those in prison. We're uh, resourcing a lot of different ministry partners and church planters. We don't want to make cuts. And so let's try to be faithful and strong with our giving. Uh, all of us need to really be giving online. And so if you haven't set up your online giving, go to that main page there at CVC. Uh, uh, online.org and they'll give you steps on how you can give online. And let's have this giving moment and give our gifts to the Lord and keep his work strong so people can see Jesus. So let's pray. And then uh, we'll have time of giving. And then also let's close our time in prayer. Let's pray together. Well, Father, we thank you for this moment in scripture that you captured. Lord, what, what, a, what a mind-blowing experience Peter, James, and John had. Uh, how words must have failed them when they tried to record what they saw. This brilliance that came from Jesus, this uh, glimpse of who he was truly. So, Father, I pray that you would give us a glimpse of Jesus as we open your word, as we pray, as we live out our lives of faithfulness to Jesus. Give us a glimpse of our Savior so that our faith will be strengthened. Lord, I pray for those right now who are hurting, who are struggling, who are vulnerable. God, would they have a sense right now of how much you love them and how much you're there for them and how they much they can trust you, Father. Would you increase all of our trust in you? In fact, let's just pray that right now. Would you just, in your own words, in your own moment, just say, Jesus, I trust you. I'm going to trust you. Help me to trust you while I'm scared. Help me to trust you while I'm nervous. Help me to trust you while I'm feeling anxious about things. Lord, I also pray for those who don't know Jesus as their Savior, that today that they would take one more step in relationship with you. So God, give them the courage to reach out to us and have a conversation about Jesus. And Lord, continue to draw them to yourself. Use circumstances, use encouragement, use prayer to, to draw those people who don't know you close to you and into a relationship with you. So Lord, we love you. We also um, give these gifts that we're about to donate online to you. God, may you multiply them for the work of your kingdom so more people can see Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it was great being with you. God bless you guys. We will see you here next week.